This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 19, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The FDA is making it a great deal more difficult for food producers to use trans fats. That decision implicates the power of governments to simply regulate products out of existence, the right of Americans to accept risk in order to get certain benefits, and the inability of manufacturers to use trans fats to extend shelf life and lower prices. Walter Olson, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, discusses what this decision means. A lot of headlines read, FDA bans trans fats. Is that actually what's happened? It's a little more complicated. They knocked trans fats off the GRAS list, generally recognized as SIF, which is a list of ingredients that have been used conventionally. Uh, sugar is on the list, salt is on the list, many others. It doesn't exactly ban it, but everyone expects that it will amount to a near ban. Manufacturers that want to add trans fats are going to have to go through a process that most of them are probably not going to want to tackle. The interesting issues that were in controversy when they put this over were, would they tolerate low thresholds of using it in conventional products? And that's important in food manufacturing because for the now famous cupcake sprinkles or for other applications like making crisp frozen pizza, things like that, uh, the manufacturers were hoping to have the leeway to at least to add some for the bits of the product where they couldn't duplicate the effect. And that's mostly going to be ruled out apparently. In terms of compliance, what kind of data do food producers have to come up with? Up to now, they have been able to take a product that has less than half a gram of trans fat and round it off to zero. And that little dodge is over. Uh, they have three years to effectively remove trans fats from their products. And because California has uh, banned restaurant use, because New York City has, we have some of the ideas of uh, how this applies. <clears throat> they will make substitutions. In particular, they are already substituting because consumers want to see that uh, zero uh, trans fat. They are already substituting tropical fats, coconut oil, palm oil, which have their own problems. They probably have some health problems. They have some environmental problems. But ironically or otherwise, on the horizon is a thing called uh, high oleic uh, soybean oil, which is, guess what? It's a GMO. It's genetically modified. And apparently, it does better at providing those texture and shelf life issues than most of the other substitutes. So welcome, GMOs. Um, what are trans fats used for? Trans fats have advantages in being highly stable, being uh, able to provide a certain mouthfeel at a variety of temperatures. In other words, they don't melt easily. They uh, feel like something solid and gratifying uh, when eaten cold or hot. And for a lot of products, which you notice a lot of modern processed foods weren't invented until they had trans fats to kind of put them over. And the older products like potato chips and snacks became much more popular once they could use trans fats in them. And they are well along on being able to substitute for some of these uses. Although, as I hinted earlier, the substitutes often, we simply don't know what they're like once people begin eating a whole lot of them. We know that whole countries that typically use tropical oils in their 
cooking don't seem to have unusual longevity, so it's not clear that you're going to get some wonderful olive oil effect everyone is expecting. Uh, we're on a, on a health diet now. Well, if you've switched to olive oil, maybe that's true. If you've switched to coconut and palm oil, much less clear that that's true. But the government is pushing us along uh, uh, because it wants to make a point here. Uh, the public health advocates are trying to make a point here. And that's why I say, whatever you think of trans fats, they'll be back for seconds. They'll be back for many more servings because the literature of the public health community, uh, unfortunately, is full of proposals to move on to added salt, added sugar, various other mandatory recipe changes. In order to make up for something that would potentially be more satisfying with potentially fewer health consequences. We have seen this happen not only in the original push for trans fats, which was abetted by the public health community and by many people in government, in which they pushed out things like butter and dairy from the diet to be replaced by trans fats. And after 20 or 30 years, we discovered that this had been a push in the wrong direction health-wise, that trans fats were worse than many of the things that they were replacing. But it wasn't just that. Because they were pushing things like zero-fat products, the manufacturers loaded things up with sugar uh, in, in order to make up for some of the lost fats. Well, that wasn't actually a health advance for many of the people using it. They are constantly responding to the fads by changing ingredients in the whatever the new popular and thrilling uh, enthusiasm is, whether it be low fat or low sugar. And in doing so, they often make products less natural, quote unquote, than they were before. And <clears throat> again, we warn on this, to make a point, you're getting rid of the last few bits of trans fats in places where they're hard to replace. And we really don't know about the safety of many of the substitutes. Are they better? Are they worse? Well, most foods are going to be okay for you in moderation. But that's even true of trans fats. The, they say, which is perfectly true, that there is no level of trans fats that has no risk whatsoever. Well, that's true of most unhealthy things we eat, including calories in the first place. Water. Yeah, water in the first place. And there is no safe threshold. Well, yes, let's accept that. But Let's turn that around and point out that everything that we consume has small risks. And once they take away our right even to accept small risks for ourselves, we are on a slippery slope. Presumably, the FDA is not concerned about the profitability of companies that make uh, foods that have contained trans fats used as a preservative, something that uh, helps keep foods shelf stable for long periods of time. But is there any sense that there is a concern about the price of a lot of foods that otherwise might suffer from uh, spoilage at a sooner date? We know that when you take away shelf life, products become more expensive in many cases. More products are thrown out, which, of course, there is a problem of social injustice and food gets wasted and thrown out that could have been eaten by people. These are not considered somehow progressive considerations to look at, and yet they affect whether we have a, an abundant food supply with enough surplus that even poor people can eat uh, very well, or instead a more constricted food supply in which, for whatever reason, the daily bread preferred by many Americans is put a little bit further out of their reach financially. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.